I'm Greg Kudsona. The podcast is Science and Religion. I'm continuing in this episode with Buddhism and science. And uh, in the last podcast, I took a moment, a few minutes at really, to overview Buddhism uh, and its development, at least at some degree, through the early, um, you know, emergence with the Buddha. But I want to, you to listen to this quote from the Tibetan Buddhist leader, the Dalai Lama. Suppose that something is definitely proven through scientific investigation that a certain hypothesis is verified or a certain fact emerges as a result of scientific investigation. And suppose furthermore that the fact is incompatible with Buddhist theory. There is no doubt that we must accept the results of scientific research. And then um, from Matthew uh, or Mathieu Ricard, um, his, his name looks French. Uh, anyway, uh, you, uh, this is a fascinating comment. Scientific and contemplative knowledge are not antagonistic to one another. However, there is a hierarchy not to be overlooked. Science gives priority to understanding outer phenomena and acting on the world, while contemplative traditions emphasize inner peace, the elimination of mental suffering, and making the mind lucid, serene, and altruistic. One experiences with things, the other with consciousness. So uh, two key forms of the engagement of Buddhism with science. First, the importance of verification, which is a lot like scientific process. And the second, uh, the understanding of the mind. And so often the um, Buddhist, the, the idea of behind Buddhism as presented by Buddhist practitioners is this is a uh, philosophy of the mind. Um, back, though, to the first, just for a moment, uh, Diana Eck, professor of religion at Harvard, um, has said there's a common agenda and method in the fact that both mind science of the Buddhist tradition and the exploration of the medical researches are based on the traditions of experimentation. Buddhism is an experimental practice. It is not a form of religion that says, believe this on faith. It is experimentally valid, an experimentally verified analysis of how the universe is. Um, so that's a particular understanding of faith. Um, and uh, it isn't, of course, the only way that the monotheistic traditions understand faith, but it is a difference here. Uh, this was highlighted in a 2017 conference I put together on the on science and the religions, um, and I, I had been so interested in how various religions uh, were engaging with science, but hadn't been reading or hearing enough about it, and wanted there to be more Chico State. So, in that conference, I, it was great. I learned, and the people who assembled learned from various perspectives, like Daniel Weidlinger from the Comparative Religion and Humanities Department presented this um, approach of, of Buddhists as a key way of understanding Buddhism. Um, and here is from the Kalama Sutra of about 250 before the Common Era. Do not go upon what has been acquired by repeated hearing, nor upon tradition, nor upon rumor, nor upon what is in scripture, nor upon surmise, nor upon an axiom, nor upon specious reasoning, nor upon a bias towards an, a notion that has been pondered over, nor upon one's seeming ability. Rather, when you yourselves know that these things are good, these things are not blamable, undertaken and observe, these things lead to benefit and happiness, then, and only then, enter into them and abide by them. So this gives a certain 
approach to Buddhism that, as I said, is noteworthy, both the approach that um, Buddhism looks at the mind and Buddhism works with experimentation. So um, here's what Philip Clayton writes in Religion and Science. The focus in the science Buddhism dialogue is a focus on consciousness. Buddhist scholars are very strongly motivated to engage in the study of consciousness, its origins, and its effects. They do not have any compulsion to link consciousness with some immaterial soul that carries and produces it. As a result, they are extremely interested in studying the natural emergence of consciousness, its evolution, its manifestations in humans and other animals, its contents, and its effects. That in turn inclines Buddhists to be, a lot, to be allies with scientists across the whole range of sciences that bear on consciousness. The human sciences, of course, but also cognitive science, neuroscience, evolutionary psychology, genetics, and the classical Darwinian accounts of evolutionary history. So that um, is fascinating. And uh, Clayton goes on to um, note this. Known are the study of the neural correlates of consciousness. This approach focuses on the correlations between perceived conscious states and brain activity. Famous experimentations or experiments have been carried out, among others, by Richard Davidson and his team at the University of Wisconsin. Studies that directly supported, are supported by the Dalai Lama, who asked some of his closest monks to participate and who personally toured the research facility. The monk being studied, drawing on thousands of hours of religious practice, would place himself in a meditative state, engaging, for example, in compassion meditation. Changes in his brain state were measured using real-time brain imaging techniques such as the functional magnetic resonance imaging scan. Davidson and his colleagues found that those with training and practice in meditation showed greater activity in the areas dedicated to paying attention and to making decisions. What makes these results particularly interesting, Clayton writes, is that the scientific data produced could not have been acquired without reference to the mental or conscious states that the subject was in. The scientific research studies human beings in their full or emergent form. It depends on conscious awareness and intentions that the subjects themselves produce and experience. Rather than reducing consciousness, the experimenters were presupposing consciousness. Put differently, the scientific knowledge was acquired in part by means of the religious beliefs and practices of the subject, rather than by asking the researcher to view religious beliefs as mistaken or at least irrelevant. So again, Philip Clayton, Religion and Science, The Basics. He mentioned something that's a key teaching in Buddhism, the idea uh, of the Pali word anatta, or the Sanskrit word anatman. Um, these Pali and Sanskrit or Sanskrit, are part of the Buddhist uh, writings, so texts are in either form. Um, one form, uh, one understanding of anatta or anatman is this, all states and things are without a core self. All phenomena have no substance or reality independent of mind. Uh, there's this difference from Hinduism that uh, the Buddha believed came to conclude that there is no soul or that we are without a soul or self. Uh, there's this old Western philosophical question. Can I step into the same river twice? So if I go to the Sacramento River and put myself, my foot into it, take it out and put it back in, am I stepping into the same river because there's a flow for that river? Is it the same river? 
the philosopher Alfred North Whitehead and his process philosophy so that we actually change as the subject. So even we as the subject do not touch the same river as the object. So it's not just not the same river, but it's not the same person touching the same river. And he's Whitehead was getting very close to Hinduism, which he intended to do, um, and this idea of a Natman. How does this make sense, though? I mean, there's this, there's this degree to which we want to be the same person, I don't know, who went to kindergarten, who went, who was at the junior prom or something, who listened to a great concert, who watched a TV show or a video last night, and that we're all that same person, right? Buddhism teaches that we are like a flame passed from one candle to the next, and nirvana is the extinguishing of that flame when we achieve true consciousness. Philip Novak, uh, another scholar of religion, writes, the I, the me, is a, quote, continually shifting combination of impersonal and mental phenomena. Uh, um, Here's how, back to Daniel Weiliger's approach, how he put it. In Buddhism, nothing is constant. Everything changes through time, including the body, mind, and consciousness. And we are fooled into thinking there is a permanent person who is the real us. In neuroscience, um, in many areas of neuroscientific research, the brain and the body is constantly in flux. Nothing corresponds to an unchanging self or soul. And the brain constructs a model of the self, a phenomenal logical model, to negotiate the world. But that's an illusion. Um, and uh, so you see this really fascinating connection between Buddhism and science. Uh, let me also mention that uh, there is a long history of technology, of the connection of technology and Buddhism. Buddhists were some of the first to create the printing press. Um, and uh, this goes back centuries before the famous Gutenberg printing press, which we hear about that printed the Bible. This is this produced uh, Buddhist text. So even... Um, so uh, this, the Chinese development of printing did not uh, necessarily lead to directly to Western movable type, but it did precede it. Um, some place it in the 8th century of the Common Era. Um, and this is also uh, important that paper was developed in East Asia. So this is fascinating um, indeed. Even this paper that I'm reading from. Uh, is a is a history to it um, that is connected with Buddhism. So, in summary, Buddhism has a constructive relationship in science, um, especially uh, in the United States, as Buddhist scholars engage with science. Um, one of the great important books is uh, the book Buddhism Science by Alan Wallace, um, and uh, other texts um, that connect with Buddhism. Some general reasons, perhaps, that it's the non-theistic. Uh, there's no God to defend or not defend, which is really fascinating when we think about how atheism uh, is often presented by scientists against religion, but this religion doesn't have a theos, a God. Um, you see, of course, this integration with uh, psychology and cognitive science and this importance of discovery and experimentation in Buddhism. So uh, this fascinating connection, um, which I hope I've whetted your appetite about. If I were to pick one religious tradition that's emerging in the contemporary conversation with religion and science, it would be here in the Buddhist tradition. 
and the various ways that um, it has a fascinating conversation with modern science.